The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 312 of On the Court of the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the giddy Nick Pollock. Nick, baseball's back! Baseball's back! Baseball's back! back. (laughs) Baseball's back, baby! You found out in a very fun way that I am very envious of. Tell us about how you found out that our great sport has returned to us. Okay, here's the thing. Um, You know, this entire offseason... Uh, there have been very few afternoons that anyone has joined me in the murder room. And <laughs> one of the few and was foolish baseball himself, Bailey Freeman. He was in town, planned this a long time ago. He's going to be there that Thursday. He's going to come by around like two o'clock or so. We're going to do a live version of Nick Pollock and Friends, which should come out later this week. It was a great episode, lovely talk. And I think we stopped recording or going live like at like 305 or something, like 308 even. And we leave it. We talk about it. it was great. You know, we're hanging out. We're about to set, set up a Mario Kart. And I look down at my phone, and I just see the tweet from Passin that is, oh, the um, players can report to spring training on Sunday. Hmm. And you go, what? And I say, baseball is back. And he goes, baseball is back? I go, baseball is back. Baseball is back. And we jump up and down and full embrace just just shouting and and howling in glee and we do an shouting and howling in glee (laughs) it was really wonderful i couldn't be more lucky to share that moment with him i'm not kidding i actually took a photo from that emergency tweet that we made of like Mm -hmm. live broadcasting and then we did like a proper broadcast yes i I took a screen cap and i've ordered a poster of it that is amazing. Uh, that I'll always have because that is such a special moment. I, I I could not be luckier experiencing it with the one and only foolish baseball himself. What a guy! Who then I, later I, got a drinking citation on the subway. Oh yeah, with, with Jake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is absolutely amazing. Oh. I was very envious of that experience. You and I had very different experience. I, it very much feels like where were you the day baseball came? Really, back? that was I, such a special moment. It really was. I was I was in an office with a surrounded by people who do not care about baseball getting into a 
full-on no. argument with my artistic director like oh, a so full-on argument and uh but it was actually kind of nice to compartmentalize and this is the second time i also got into an argument with someone else the day i found out that we won the fswa award and it's actually given me more of an appreciation for baseball because it's been nice to be like oh this is my home baseball is my right home. um right. but it's back it's back, it's back. and oh, what what are we what are we what are we talking about today? Well, to be honest, we don't know. Nick and I were talking <laughs> a little bit before this podcast, and we wanted to originally talk about eighty through ninety and pit on on Nick's um uh, uh top one hundred. But we're going to see how long we go with the news because Nick and I were compiling all of the news that's happened since baseball's been back. And I got to tell you, it's a lot. It is truly a lot. I think DVR said it best today where he was like, yeah, like baseball's back, but this is a little intense. And it is. Uh, (laughs) Eno also had a good tweet, which I thought was really funny, where it's like, hey. How you been? Good to see you. By the way, I had a huge shoulder surgery. Yeah, right. There, there is just like, I, but I, I want to say this before much. we move on too. No, at like drafts are going to happen in the next couple of weeks, right? And knowledge of this stuff has never been more important. Yeah, Francis Bacon, absolutely. Francis Bacon, why Francis Bacon? Why are you why knowledge is power? Bacon? Knowledge is power. Oh, oh okay. So you say Francis Bacon, and I think of an entirely different Francis Bacon because Francis Bacon is actually one of my favorite painters. Oh yeah, we've done this. We, I think yeah, we've I even think put we've this, done this on this podcast. Yeah, we, we may have. We may have. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, but right, I mean, I have tout on Saturday, so I'm going to be trying as hard as I can to uh, to keep up with everything that's going on, and it's a lot. I, I so I know today we're going to go through the news, and we'll see how far we get. I will say, yeah. it's 81 through 90. There isn't a whole lot to say about some. That's of these not things. true. Stop. About some. about some. For example, 81 is actually someone we're going to mention inside of the news, and it totally changes how you should be drafting them or not. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. a good point. But I I, I, uh, I want to return to something that we've talked about. <laughs> I have to get back yes, to my heart. Go ahead. I, I truly, I don't think there is anyone in this community who I do not, like, appreciate, respect, and enjoy talking to. I actually very much love this community. And I'm not calling anyone out or anything like that. But I have been on my high horse a little bit about why we should have waited before a lot of the major leagues were drafted, right? Uh-huh. Um, and today was a really good example of that. I feel, I truly feel for anyone, uh, but especially Chris Towers, who took Fernando Tatis 1-1 in labor. Yeah. Okay, that is that is a, that's a potential league losing setback in a Roto League, right? Like, he is now losing three months of productivity. He might not be back until the All-Star break, and that is his 1-1 pick. And while I understand and respect everyone's perspective, that is something that if the lockout wasn't happening, we would have known, right? We would have known that he was injured, right? Sure. And absolutely. I tweeted about this a little while ago, and some people were like, yeah, but there's always injuries. It's not like this. There are always injuries, but when the injuries happen, we always know about them fairly instantaneously. Um, I, however, the reason I brought this up, I made out like a champ with my, <laughs> with my tout draft, right? Because I got... Not only do I have Carlos Rodon in San Francisco, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, Josh Donaldson, we don't talk about hitters a lot in this podcast, really ever. It's kind of tertiary, but Josh Donaldson in New York is a, is, is molto bene, molto bene. 
Yeah, I don't know um, if it, it I mean, it, it does help, but it's not this the main concern with Donaldson is injury and how much you're going to get of him. So someone brought up a good point where it was like, are we overvaluing uh, Josh Donaldson with injuries? Didn't he really just miss one full season and then everything else? He's actually compiled a signal. Yeah. Look at his numbers. So 2020, what a phrase. phrase. Look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. Just look at his numbers. Hey, come on. You know what? Close your eyes. Look at his numbers. 2017 is the lost year. Or excuse me, 2018. I guess you could say 2017 and 2018 are the lost year. Yeah, well, that was Actually, what no, happened. No, 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 no. What happened? 2017 is it was really bad the first half or something. And he reclaimed it in the end of it. And he then still got 2018 was then, it, then it was the lingering. There was the calf injury. 2019, totally fine. 2020, missed half the season. Yes, it was the COVID year, 28 games. But still, there was an impression left by that. And then he missed 25 to yeah about 25 games in 2021, right? So yes, I do think that Josh Donaldson is good. It's, I think the only reason why he's been following in drafts is just because we think this 36 year old is not going to get healthier, and you know there's an idea that he's going to be less than that. But fast, I'm not going to do this right now. Yeah, we're talking about we're, we're gonna yeah we're gonna go to we're gonna go to news of, of pitchers. Um, I'm not necessarily in disagreement about the whole draft things. I will say. Just in the defense of you know that stuff happening, it's really hard to organize everything, and it can be really tough to reschedule that stuff and then get everybody scheduled back again. I understand why it happened. Look, I took, I, I made assumptions, and I'm so happy to be wrong on my assumptions that baseball would start May first, and that had me paying a lot for Ronald Acuna, which I'm feeling a little bit worse now uh, oh, about yeah. and labor, um, yep. but. But I've been really fortunate, I think, overall, just avoiding any of the bad news. And if anything, I got Max Muncy at $2 on that. So I've been pretty good so far. But who knows? Who knows, Fast? And we're going to talk about some other news that happened. What happened, Fast? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to break down first signings and trades. Then we're going to go into injuries. And then we're going to go into other news. A lot of the other yes. news coming from Jeff Zimmerman, who we can't praise enough for his we really uh, we can. Uh, mining the, news. the work he does for all of us. Yes, it's unbelievable. So we're going to start with with the signings and trades. And we're going to start with arguably the biggest, which is Carlos Rodon to San Francisco. And here are some of the uh, questions I have for you. One, mm-hmm. how much, if at all, does it move the needle on your Carlos Rodon rankings? And two... Uh, does Carlos Rodon signing with that organization? Let's not talk about the park because we know there's a positive impact there. Signing with that organization move that needle for right. at all. So I think honestly the biggest thing that impacted I mean, yes, obviously pitching for the Giants is I'd say a top three place to pitch, right? It's St. Louis um, and the Giants. And is there really a better one actually? Maybe stop two in that regard. Um, but uh, I will say, I think the biggest impact to me is the amount of money, twenty-two million, right? Two years, forty-four. Uh, that's putting faith in what Rodon is doing now. Which then we're, we're just trying to get any hint at his velocity and where he's at with that shoulder. That's the yeah. only question. I, I've never, could, never doubted the ability and the skill when healthy, but leaving the year with shoulder problems. He did show up in the playoffs in the first inning or so, and then it kind of fell apart later on. And the questions are still there about how productive Rodon will be and for how long. So watch like Rodon's going to be tearing it up in April or so. And that's not really the question that we have. The question we have is what is it going to look like in July? 
and we don't know and we won't know for a while so that i mean that's why rodan is there at 30 if anything him changing will be more about the guys around him the larger question marks and we'll talk to some of them here but uh, as far as am i jumping him up because he's in specifically san francisco no, I'm not really doing that much to Kyle Rodon. Maybe one or two spots, but nothing significant to say like he's a top 20 guy now. So is there anything, though, that – so he signs a two-year deal, right? Right. Is there anything – Opt out that? after one in there, by the way. Opt out after one for Carlos. Yes. So a, a player opt out, right? Yeah. Which is different because he could he could go 190 and right. say – if he- he did that. I mean, he essentially bet on himself last year and almost did enough. And but then, of course, the end of the year was not enough. So he wants to do it again, essentially. So but is the is the two year deal from San Francisco and giving him that option? Does that that doesn't assuage any concerns? Because theoretically, they've done a medical. They know what they're getting. Maybe they're thinking, all right, we're just getting 150 and that's effective. Maybe not. Um, I mean, it seems like a move? reasonable gamble to me. You know, we don't have the answer. We can't get the answer now. We won't. Yeah. We just don't. We don't know how long it's going to last. The Giants so, don't know. There doesn't. It's it's no one has any idea. So does not. But so he's at 31 right behind Snell and Castillo. But as you said, doesn't move the needle for you. Doesn't jump him into the top 25 at so all. They might. He might. I mean, it might be a couple of spots. I mean, honestly, I think I'm worried about Snell because of the comments he gave me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> about his. Uh, I asked him on his Twitch stream. You guys remember that? How do you feel about your changeup? Is it still in timeout? It goes. Oh, it's. I'm excited to show it again, and I'm just like, no, no, no. So I am. I might be more out on Snell and more inclined to take a chance on three, four months of Rodon instead because of that. Um, but it, it, look, it's 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 the same question we're asking. We were asking ourselves before is how healthy is he? And we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. That's interesting. And I guess I'm, I'm just taking a quick glance at the people above him. And there actually isn't major news on anyone above him so far, which is great. Uh, and if there is news, it's something we're going to talk about in this podcast, and it's actually probably positive. Um, now I am trying to look real quick. I uh-huh. have a little, I have a little, some rankings. I have some rankings. Yeah, you're getting there. Uh, yeah, getting can, you, there can you go back so about a month early. and a half ago when we talked to Joe Pisapia and like, you know, all how- my rankings back then were perfect because they didn't oh, exist. Man. That was the funniest uh, thing. That was the one time a year where we like facetiously yell at each other. Yell at each other. <laughs> it's a win-win for me too because I, 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 I had nothing going there. Um, I, I hear what you're saying. I think I would probably move. I think I might move Rodon up a little bit, but I think it is a very valid point with what you're making, where it's like, do, does the park impacted it that much considering how he it, it is one. i'm not gonna say it isn't it's great that he's there you know they're all it's really it's, it's st louis and san francisco because of mm. brandon crawford and the giant brick wall and that's wins right for for the giants yeah it's just i mean you can make any point you want about the organization i you know i think the jury's still out on that personally uh with the sample the size back. <laughs> the sample size and the situation involved but yeah i mean it, it, it's good that's that's fine that's all i got um all right we're gonna move on to our next piece of news then which was the twins are 
uh, someone come get the twins. They're drunk. They're doing a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff right now, right? Right? Like uh, I truly almost it's like when I saw that oh. image they released of I of Isaiah Kiner Falefa shaking hands with Rocco Badelli and then he was gone. He oh was right! Gone. Oh my god! Yeah, it reminds He's me of like gone. twins doing like pranks where the other one steps in as if they're the other one. It's like, oh yeah, totally. You know. Then they wake up the next morning, and go, dude, what did you do? Did you do Brian? Like yeah. seriously? Oh my Except god! Except it's just All another right. human being's life that they're messing with, right? Um, yep. <laughs> so Sunny Gray uh, is now a twin. Sunny Gray is a twin. So the, the obvious is the park update, right? Sure. Yeah, pitching inside a Great American uh, ballpark is a terrible thing, um, and it's nice to not do that anymore. AL Central is a good place to pitch. You have the White Sox, but then you got uh, the Guardians, and you have the Royals and the Tigers, and those are not too intimidating. Uh, you could make an argument that the NL Central is better uh, to pitch in, but the park itself is just easier. So I'm I'm all for this for Sunny Gray. Does also seem like the Twins aren't creating the worst offense ever. I uh, so that's a positive. I, I think the questions we still have about Sunny Gray are still there, though. Um, Casey Bubba is awesome for reaching out to me and to talk about Sunny Gray and be like, dude, I'm using your player pages and it's amazing. I'm like, thank you so much. And we we talked about his slider a bit. And how Sonny Gray still throws his slider. Uh, well, his slider still has a 51% strike rate, which is horrifically bad. Really good results, but it's because he's not throwing them for strikes at all. So guys can't actually crush it because it's nowhere near the zone. Um, so hopefully Sonny Gray can get consistency with that slider and that curveball. Because the answer isn't really with his heaters. And I will say the Twins are have some track record of being like, oh, you have a good slider? Throw that. Or good single yep. pitch through that. And they'll let Sonny Gray throw more curveballs and Dylan Bunny throwing more sliders. And I don't know. I'm curious what happens there. Okay, so let's return to the other question that we asked before. So right now he's currently at 56 and you make some really good points. But is there anything? So let me let me caveat with this. You're going to release an updated rankings in the coming week. So this could move yeah. in general. But does this move in particular put him above Manaya, who could also be on the move, by no. the way? Or Hauk or Urquidy or Means. No. So he's already ahead of Hauk, I think. No, he's 56 uh, and Hauk is 51 or not. I think we'll get more information about Hauk this week or two weeks or so. And we'll see more about this, um, how solid he is inside the rotation. Great. I mean, it's, it's, they're all similar to me. You're going to be, it, it's very likely he's going to be a headache for your fantasy team, Sonny Gray. Uh, and that doesn't change again. The, the ability isn't a, a question. I think, honestly, in some ways, you could argue that the Cincinnati Reds do a better job of mm. figuring things out than the Twins. And when you know he was linking up with his former coach from Vanderbilt and all that kind of stuff, and that's out the window now. So I, I don't really think this changes a whole lot. Wow. So I, I, I got to say I'm a little shocked. I thought there would be a little bit more needle movement. Sonny Gray still completely volatile all the time. And I don't think, I don't think that going to Minnesota changes things. Interesting. Interesting. Um, all right. The next notable uh, piece of news um, is Yusei Kikuchi to Toronto. Now, mm-hmm. I personally think that there is another tier that we could see of Kikuchi. People were going, there was a tweet that like went all over Twitter that was crazy to me, which kind of cracked me up where it was like, go to baseballsavant.com, put in Yusei Kikuchi, go to the uh, person who's the player that closely resembles Yusei Kikuchi, and what do you get? Robbie Ray. And it was like the most like tinfoil conspiracy theory thing ever. And it was like, yeah, okay, they're both fastball slider guys, but I think that's kind of where the comp ends. 
is the number five in Toronto. I have two questions for you. One, I actually yeah. have a few. One, does this move Aww. the needle for you on Yusei Kikuchi? Uh-huh. Two, do you agree that the, there's another tier for him there? And three, this one's just kind of a fun one for my boy. Um, <laughs> do you? Where would you put Toronto's current rotation? Uh, top three. Uh, top I saw five, that top tweet. 10, top fifteen. Yes, yeah, so that's that what tweet, I'd like man. to know from my man Nick Pollock. I think I think sometimes you just ask these questions to see if I read your tweets or not. You know? <laughs> All right, pack it up, cancel the podcast. <laughs> it's been figured out. <laughs> All right. Um, honestly, I think the signing of Kikuchi affects Ross Stripling more than it affects Kikuchi. Um, because there was some intrigue there about maybe Ross Stripling leaves camp with the number five spot, maybe even Nate Pearson. I didn't think Pearson would be able to really pin him for a reliever. But yeah, all of that throw to the wind. I mean, sure, they'll be valuable in season. It's kind of like the same thing I said about Tyler Beattie with a Rodon signing. It's like, oh, well, any sort of question of him being a number five out the window. So you wouldn't even consider him late in uh, spring training to be looking great. And maybe you want to pick him up for that first week and see what happens. Nope, Beattie, maybe sometime in the season. And that's that. So with Kikuchi, I'll put it simply, uh, when he throws hard, he's good, but his command is questionable. And sometimes his cutter and slider get a lot of whiffs and are really, really effective. I think going to Toronto is not a great thing for him because you put him in harm's way with the ALEs and that will do more harm to him than any sort of benefit of win potential. Um, he had win potential in Seattle. I don't think that the Jays themselves were this exceptional organization that just because Robbie Ray was told, hey, just throw strikes now. Um, now that Kikuchi all of a sudden has found the perfect place to be fixed. I, I, I've always thought that there's another level for Kikuchi that could be hit because we've seen those moments of his command clicking and all of a sudden four seamers up and into right-handed hitters with cutters that are diving right under the zone at low to mid nineties is obviously good, but we don't see consistency from Kikuchi. We've never really seen that. And I wouldn't think that the AL beast is a welcome site for him. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I, I mean, so, uh, plenty of people brought this up, but it's like, oh, so we're taking a guy who had a 155 home run per nine last year. Yeah. We're putting in him inside of Toronto yeah. and the AL East, and we're expecting great improvement. Um, there is some cause for pause there. Cause for pause, my new favorite band. <laughs> I was about um, to say your album, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ca- cause for pause, an introspective uh, al- talking album from Alex Fast. I will say, I was a little bit surprised <laughs> <I'm> that <biased. laughs> since 2020, uh, Kikuchi has had the 17th best swinging strike rate on four seamers. Yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. Really, he doesn't really use well, he doesn't use them like typical guys. Like when you think of a four seamer, you think like, oh, you throw like 50% of the time or something like this. That's your primary pitch to get strikes and stuff. Kikuchi pitches backwards at a time with cutters and sliders. So sometimes he does get to save those four seamers. And when you get to save four seamers, that means you get more swing strikes typically. Okay. Um, so then uh, we, I don't know if we answered the overall question, which is right now we have Yusei Kikuchi. I believe he's in the, yeah, he's a 99, 99. Uh, I imagine he's moving up because other people are falling off a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't find myself drafting Kikuchi or chasing it much. Okay. Um, I, I could I could see guys that are past them on the list right now, theoretically leapfrogging him. Um, okay. But I, yeah, the, the real question you ask is, what do we make of Toronto's rotation now? Yes, my favorite. Wow, you are peaking so much in this Sorry, podcast. I'm yelling. 
I'm excited, Alex. I want you to have a coffee. Before I, I do. I do. But you were the one that taught me how to go, ha, ha. You know, you just yeah, pull away. True. That's true. From the, All right. I'm so sorry, guys. What has gotten into me tonight? This is, wow. Anyway, hi. We really need to take a deep <laughs> You know, it's because I haven't been in the same room as you for too long now. You know? know, it has been a very long time. And I think you'll realize, hey, last time we saw each other together, the Jays rotation was just as good. Uh, oh, and just as good. Does Kikuchi becoming the five change a whole lot? No, no, no. Yeah. The no, Gaussman thing, obviously, but then Ray was there. So, I mean, you can say that cancels it out. Uh, Stripling versus Kikuchi, not that drastic of a shift. Kikuchi is more stable, I would think, of a starter. But, you know, if you, if you, if you ran the simulation of Ross Stripling in 2022 as the number five versus Kikuchi as the number five, you'd, I think you'd be surprised how close they would be. Um, so I don't really have a mental ranking of all rotations in baseball. It's a very good one, um, for the Jays. Obviously the Mets getting Bassett that we'll talk about in a second helps that one, but is Carrasco and Taiwan Walker, or maybe not Taiwan Walker to begin, I guess, Tyler McGill, eh, not as, not as amazing. Yeah, I know. There's just, there's a lot. All right, fine. We won't get to the. 81 through 90 today. I was waiting to bring it up. Uh, but, uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Nick Fine. said to me before the podcast, well, I, we later, how I you, well, you're asking, you're asking all these extra questions fast. Okay. They want to know. They want to know how it impacts your rankings. They do. This is very, yeah. I mean, I will be going over a lot of this as well on my plus pitch podcasts, which uh, are going to be five days a week, starting next week, Monday through Friday. Uh, it's Tuesday and Thursday for this week, last week of it. But uh, that's only for PL Plus members. So go and get PL Plus if you haven't yet. You're, by the way, everybody's support in the past week has been incredible. So uh, really, thank you all so much. It's it's really helped us a ton. Um, we're really close to feeling like we're totally fine. So uh, if you haven't yet, please consider getting PL Plus. But anyway... I segue to Chris Bassett to the Mets because I'm not going to yes. talk about Cat, Chad Cool to Colorado. I mean, why? Why would I do that? For fun or laugh? <laughs> All right, great. Next. All right. Um, sorry, Chad Cool. Yeah, hold I on. You didn't answer the question. The are they, again? Are they top three or top five? So I mean, all right. I'm trying to think of like who else would be. I don't have a mental note. Who Who are the contenders? Fast. The Dodgers. Yeah, um, they just the got Gershaw back too. Yeah, yep. Um, Giants don't have enough top end talent. It's it's a well rounded one, but it's not like, yeah, it's not the most overwhelming. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the top end of Gaussman and Manoa itself, and Barrios is like, that's yeah, that makes Toronto be the Giants. Okay, uh, Milwaukee or Toronto? Which rotation would you rather have? I. With or without Ashby, well, I'm, we're, it is news today that he's being stretched yeah. out. Well, to be, I, I want to make King Hippo in the Discord made an excellent point about this. And by the way, King Hippo has been a supporter, I think, since like early 2008. Years. He Years. is a legend inside of our uh, Discord. Met him in person. Wonderful guy. Um, I mentioned a really good point, saying the Brewers are stretching out Ashby. That does not mean he's in the rotation. They're just saying, "Hey, we expect you to be our six this year so let's get you there for when you know whenever this happens 
which I think is right. I think that's a really good assessment of it because yeah, all of a sudden one injury happens, they need to have somebody that's ready and they want that to be Ashby. Oh, so he interpreted. So the tweet was Aaron Ashby will be stretched out as a starter and on a starter schedule for the entire camp. However, that interpretation is just because he's doing that doesn't mean he is starting the rotation. They didn't say he's in the rotation, but the expectation of the rotation, they didn't say any of that. They're prepping him so that when the time comes that he has this prep work done, um, which makes all the sense in the world. Uh, So it doesn't change a whole lot, in other words. Um, But I would say, let's say you have Ashby in there. It's like the Brewers is insane because Eric Lauer is so unbelievably underrated, um, if you ask me. And then you have Peralta and the Woodruff and Burns and Ashby. I mean, that's it. Ta-da. You've done it. Nick, yes, I pulled off a trade for Brandon Woodruff in my home league. Oh, did I you mean, really? I was so excited, dude. He was yeah. he's he's like twenty one dollars, um, and I gave up Riley Green and Jack Leiter, and I feel very good. Um, all right, I, I cut you off before. We're not talking about Chad Cool. We are talking about Chris Bassett to New York, which I just think is a real chef's kiss of a move. You know what I think? I saw myself. What you're gonna have to wait. After this ad break. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Well, fast. Chris Bassett to the Mets. I think it's wonderful. I think it's a really cool thing. Obviously, it's not Oko, but um, I think it's just exciting for the Mets to be something. It's like, uh, if you don't know, I'm technically a Yankee fan because I wanted to be happy in life as a five-year-old and living in New York City. Mm. But I'm, I'm a pitching fan now. But yeah. um, I still feel like the Mets are our little brother that we just want to do well, mm. you know? And if there's hype around the Mets, it's just really fun. It, it just makes yeah. the city... It feels like, all right, it's time for the Mets to seize it. And Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, it's just, yeah, the Mets did a good thing. They got a really good pitcher in Chris Bassett, and I'm excited to see it. That's it? much more to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't change his rank. And no movement in the rankings, I guess. No, it's really, it's really rare for it to really change much switching teams. Okay. I mean, I, the only thing that I was kind of looking at real quick was some of the stat cast park factors to try and get an estimation of how different it was, right? Because technically, according to them, uh, the, over the past three years, we're only looking at 29 stadiums because you don't have a three-year average for Texas yet because it's only been two years in that stadium. Yeah, they have weird stuff with Toronto, too, you could say. Yeah, weird stuff with Toronto, too, but that's always going to skew a little bit more offensive anyway. Um, they Oddly, Only for home runs. It's kind of only funny. Only for home runs, yes. It's depressed for singles, apparently. Yeah, and triples. It was the, what is this? It is the, oh, no, excuse not, me. Right. Well, there's not enough room. 
Not, no, enough, room <laughs> not enough room in Canada for triples. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the only major downgrade is is home runs. It goes from uh like eighty two to 103 which is a little bit worse than league average for home runs inside of new york but it's not like chris bassett is a dude who has perpetually struggled with the long ball um, no. or has essentially been a fly ball pitcher right you could say oh well of course he hasn't struggled with the long ball he's been an o.co but it's not like he's a fly ball uh, pitcher anyway. no that's his approach his approach isn't really leaning towards fly balls yeah so it, i think it could be beneficial there i really do like it for the team as well and could get him a few more wins um that is going to do it for the signings and trades now we're going to move into the part of the conversation that we don't like to have as much, no. which is some of the information we've learned in the past couple of days about injuries now remember this is pitcher list this is on the corner we're not talking about the hitting injuries of which there were plenty oh, God, people gotta stay off motorcycles oh man that's just so brutal man oh. it is it's brutal. It's not good for the sport. Um, but we're we're, we're going to uh, talk about the depressing pitchers. And there's a few, the two major ones, I should say, are, are uh, or at least the first one we're going to start with is Zach Gallen, who has this shoulder injury that he's been dealing with, may not be bursitis. available. Yeah, it's a bursitis, bursitis. issue. Yes. Yeah, it's not Might like not you need to surgery or something. But yeah, he's, uh, sorry, I keep talking over you like a very, like a novice podcaster. Oh, it's okay, it's embarrassing. Okay, no. Um, the problem is that his name is Zach. Because if your name is Zach, you have shoulder problems. And uh, because uh, obviously, the same thing with uh with Zach Wheeler, as he's a hair behind. And this is kind of how I'm treating both of this. If you guys remember a lot last year, there were moments in the season where a lot of guys maybe missed the start or so, or were dampened in their usage for a moment because they were dealing with shoulder inflammation. Hmm. Um, and it seems like that's kind of the issue for both of these guys. I think it's also for a Domingo Herman, um, who's not on this list. Uh, I think that's also the case with Taiwan Walker. Was that the knee thing? Uh, was Taiwan? Um, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah. I don't think that was knee removing, you know, fixing up his knee. But anyway, uh, with Gallon and Wheeler, uh, I'm not treating this too heavily. I would imagine maybe their first starts are four innings instead of six or something like that. Uh, maybe it's one extra start skip just to be cautious in the beginning for gallon zach wheeler is pitching like normal but they're not going to push him as hard early on my initial assessment with it was with this was about two weeks or so maybe two starts three starts lost maybe 20 innings removed or something now it's a feeling of like he's just going to start but not you know go seven innings or whatever uh, not go 110 pitches. Maybe he'll go like 75 or 80 in that start. And that's kind of where he'll be. Could be totally wrong at that. It's obviously not fun at all. And it's going to make a lot of hesitation now about should I be drafting a guy like this uh, in this situation? Honestly, considering we were, we were expecting 200 plus innings from Wheeler. Okay, 180. If you really want to do that, then that should be fine. Um, it, it's not like something that they needed to get, you know, it is there's no question of like surgery or something yeah it's shoulder inflammation which we hear all the time about um and that's just a guy that just needs to slow it down and not overwork himself in the short term so i think i think it's okay it's okay for both of them it's okay you can drop them around if you want you know but i'm not all like if i see zach gallon go like at 190 now or something i mean that's insane i'm in you know zach gallon i heard a draft I think it was earlier today about, um, oh, man, who was I talking to? Who got uh, Wheeler in the fifth? 
um, after getting Woodruff in the, in the yeah after getting Woodruff in the second so, or something. And it's like, yeah, okay. Here's the thing too about the Wheeler thing. I wonder if it's being misinterpreted because the last report that I saw, which I think was from like a day or so ago, was like he's fine. Like the, he has a clean bill of health. Yeah, and he yeah and right. He, it's just like, it's just a hair behind because of it. Miles Nelson was telling me his draft he got him in the fifth after getting Woodruff in the second. And yeah, it's, that's unreal. So I so that's the way I'm interpreting this is that yeah, he had a little bit of a shoulder thing for a second. You know, okay, a little bit of shoulder information was warming up with this thing. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm a little bit more sore than I normally am. Okay, just take some time. And yeah. they won't push him uh, to like seven innings in the first start or two. Okay. So we we're clear about your 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 image on Wheeler. I mean, does that push Bueller ahead of him for you? I, <laughs> I, so have, I, have, on, I, I know this stuff is so weird it's so funny to me like i'm not you know you guys know me i'm not really drafting either of these um i uh, it's all so close it's all very very close you'll be happy with both of them if you want to say like look there's no question of injury with bueller then take bueller i'm like yeah that's a very valid point if i'm willing to say at the end of the year like who had the better season though I mean, I think it's a coin flip. So, dude, go with your gut, guys. Don't listen to me. Just go with your gut. Does Pablo Lopez jump above Gallon? Uh, it's all very simple. Uh, close anyway. I mean, it's funny you say Pablo Lopez specifically because what's his question mark? Oh, yeah, it was a shoulder thing that he's had three times mm-hmm. over three years. Mm-hmm. Um, Gallon seems more serious than Wheeler's, just so we're clear uh bursitis is sounds like a you know that, that that's a little bit more of a deal but probably is like a two-week thing again you know it's better than the forearm fracture what do you do you pitch them like april 12th last year yeah uh so i think uh, it's pretty even again Paulo lopez zach allen i don't know man it's all conjecture but i'm a little bit worried about like now it's just like we can't just get more a clean bill of health with gallon yeah, yeah man it's just like because well, remember last remember year it was like yeah, but this time well, last year he was the the poster child for it. Until, but then he came into the season injured because of the four. Well, I, right? I know. What I'm saying is like how quickly that turns from one yeah. year. It's like, I don't know if yeah. that's necessarily the way to to feel. You know. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. It's just I guess it's I guess what where I give pause is like we saw or you know it's one of the things I've talked about. You see like the kinetic chain with him where he has one thing and it leads to another thing and it leads to another thing because he's overcompensating. Mm. Maybe because it's earlier in the season and they can afford to rest him a little bit more. That won't happen. Um, sure. Uh, all right. Last question about Zach yeah. Allen because it's a personal one. Yes. Would you keep him at nine dollars? Yes. You would. You'd keep him at nine. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. By the way, or my, my least I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I think my least favorite thing about preseason stuff is guessing innings, which essentially ties into injuries. And it's just I'm not going to sit here like I'm a doctor. I know all of this stuff. I'm trying as best as I can to interpret all of these. But it's just yeah, it's all we're, we're reading like 12 characters from a tweet and <laughs> trying to judge our entire seasons. You know, it's yeah, whatever you guys gut are just go with it. Um, as long as you understand understand their capabilities and their skill, capabilities. Go with what you're good at. As long as you understand, yeah, we're, we're good. Yeah, under um, understand your you know their abilities and capabilities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna stop rambling right now. All right, we're, we're we hit on Wheeler, we hit on Taiwan Walker's injury a little bit. I mean, I don't think you're you, you're not a. Huge I was never Walker into fan. Taiwan Walker. I would just avoid it now. 
completely. Know, if Walker you, if was very thing. good last year. In the first half, and then the second half, he did not, like, what happened was his fastball was, we didn't even get to Taiwan Walker yet, I guess. Um, yeah. We were supposed to maybe today. Um, mm-hmm. The deal with Taiwan Walker is that his fastball was really good and overperformed um, in the first three months of the year, where he does not have secondaries that you should trust in the slice. He doesn't trust them, so you shouldn't, definitely not. Uh, his fastball wasn't able to do as much in the second half, and his secondaries weren't there to save him. I don't want to trust that. Uh, I did like the fact that his velocity was up last year for Taiwan Walker, but it's it's uh, it's not worth it. Not worth the chase. You're not going to see that's first half again. And may- maybe he was. I mean, I don't know. It's like you said to like. So the first half, let's go month by month in ERA. 281 in March, April, 161 in May, 326 in June. Everything's great. Taiwan Walker's got a Cy Young vote. He's got like a 202 ERA, I think it was, about the first half or something. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, July, 9 ERA. Yeah. Uh, August, 4.15. September, October, 7.66. That is is insane. Right. It it felt like a Vargas rule, and that's why the Vargas rule exists. Right. And guess what? Um, they can last for three months, which is like, you know, Cal Quattro is also in the 80s right now. But the, we, just, yeah, keep going. Keep going. Let's get we'll we'll a little bit long in this podcast. I know. Hey, there he is. There's my man. I remember. We already, <laughs> we already hinted a little bit about Aaron Ashby. Uh, I think it's a really, really valid point. Um, if he does move up in helium or move up uh, in, in drafts because of that tweet, uh, pay attention the first week of the waiver wire when people drop him because he's coming out of the bullpen for the first. I, I like the game. idea of moving up in helium, though. Moving uh, up, I, I am moving up in helium. Yeah, as your voice gets higher, as it should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I could feel your giddiness uh, as soon as uh, you know information came out about him. We already knew. It's about Michael Kopech. We already knew. <laughs> we already knew. <laughs> Um, you, how, what does this do for for you about Michael Kopech? I mean, Look, you must I mean, be thrilled. I, I I'm gonna have him inside the top forty uh, in my ranks. Just so you got, I mean, I, I'd be shocked if honestly y'all wanted to go after like Framber Valdez instead. Um, Kopech has like legit ace stuff. We know this. We've been waiting for him to get his chance in the rotation for ages. When he was in the rotation last year, it was great. I will say, not top level command. That is going to be something that we're going to see tested a bit. Um, but, I mean, upper 90s velocity is absurdly good slider. I think the curveball and changeup can be good enough, if not solid pitches in their own way. Yeah, it's uh, you, you want Michael Kopech in every draft right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm as optimistic. I don't know if I'm as optimistic. About what? But- About what? Well, the command could theoretically still be a thing if it's a, if it's a six man rotation. Uh, it could be like a hipster. Um, we don't know when he's going to pitch. So I don't know. Um, six man. I uh, who's the sixth in that case? Reynaldo? Maybe Reynaldo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all right. Whatever. But uh, it could be, uh, and uh, it could be a six man solely just to, uh, just to keep innings down, right? I mean, oh, actually, excuse me. You know who it might be? You know, they just signed. Derek Crochet, you're saying. Oh, who they sign? Vince Velasquez. Oh. <laughs> and that, that is mean, the it, epitome no, of a six man. No, no, yeah, no, no. I'm not, I'm not worried about Vince Velasquez ruining Michael Kopech's season. Um, you make a good worried point. About- One thing that I wrote the, um, the Michael Kopech article 
uh, a week ago was that, hey, you don't need to worry about him being open for or all that stuff because the season is shorter. It's not shorter now. Um, it is 162 games. It's just a week in, but we're getting the full yep. you know, season, which means, yes, you're going to have touches of hipster. You're absolutely right. Uh, I think it'll, it's worth it. Um, and I'm going for it everywhere. All right. It's a good, it's a fun choice to make. Um, he's definitely a very exciting pitcher and we all like those. Um, I, I tweeted yesterday. Well, you already saw it because you look at my tweets. Um, there are a few organizations that when they sign a pitcher, my ears kind of perk up. San Francisco is one of them. And uh, is Carmart in, if he makes the rotation and they go with a six man or whatever, is he an interesting pick number 300 for you? Watch the velocity for Carmart. But I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've been curious about Carmart for the past like three years. Um, yeah. He used to be really, really good. Uh, slider was filthy. Changeup was filthy. And he jammed two seamers inside, had this cutter as well that he added. I don't believe it'll happen. I'm not going to bet on that anyway. But yeah, Carmar is one of those guys that you pay attention to and see how this you know takes place. If his velocity gets back up to 95 plus too, I'm curious. There's also Jacob Junis as you have here that's signed, which I find interesting. But I mean, I the way I see is the Giants are saying, look, we have a lot of injury prone guys on our team. Let's just get <laughs> some backups too. Um, it does. It reminds me a little bit of the Mets getting Jordan Yamamoto last year. Mm. and thinking like okay we've got some injured guys let's let's get someone in jordan yamamoto and then jordan yamamoto plays just one game and gets hurt himself and it's like oh yeah that could happen to these guys too so we'll see how this plays out for the giants i'm, I'm curious about carmart not so much about jacob junas he is a non-roster invitee so i am curious to see what we see over him but i think they i mean listen if they're signing him i think they're like yeah there's a lot of good things here uh, and maybe we can turn it into something. Uh, poor Tyler Beatty, huh? All of a sudden, we, we we get Carlos Rodon who pushes him out, and then they get Jacob Junis at the moment. Oh yeah, uh, Jacob Junis isn't gonna look. Look, Tyler Beatty's looking great in spring training and doing this stuff. Like Tyler Beatty will get his opportunity at some point this year. I don't think Jacob Junis is going to be the one that uh, you know gets his place. Right? He's not going to be t- stepping on stage to take his award, looking back at Tyler Beatty going, ha ha. You know, that's not the the story you're going to see. Roster resource already removed BD to the minors with Junis as the long relief. Before it was BD as long relief, and now it's Junis. No, that, that makes all the sense in the world because you want to get BD all the starts. And then when the opportunity comes, we'll see what happens. Get that man all the starts. Um, the next <laughs> piece of news uh, is Jacob DeGrom is the opening day starter. Um, are, are we going to look back? on 2022 and say what the heck were we thinking you turkeys why weren't we taking jacob Degrom in the first round or are we still thinking it's probably plausible to give him 150 innings and that's it you know fast i read your twitter mm-hmm. do you read mine i don't have twitter dude yeah right <laughs> yeah i don't even have twitter there is the quote today that DeGrom is totally healthy and all this stuff, yeah. you know, and I put out the uh, response of Jennifer Lawrence giving a thumbs up. And, yeah, OK. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, there. Uh, look, if Jacob DeGrom gives us 160 innings this year, we're not going to look back now and think, what were we thinking? We know exactly what we're thinking. At the end of the year, we're going to be just you know praising all of our uh higher aboves you know thinking like oh i thank you so much 
for giving giving us Jacob DeGrom for 160 innings. You blessed us with such a wonderful season. You know, like that's that's what happens. I uh, and we wouldn't expect it next year. <laughs> you know, it, it, Jacob DeGrom is uh, he's the best pitcher on the planet. We know this. It's just a matter of how much we're going to see of him. I'm personally not expecting 160. Uh, I, I just think it's wishful thinking, and I'm certainly an optimistic person. Um, I call myself an optimistic realist, and I just mm-hmm. can't do it. I can't do it. So, so I hope to be wrong. And, um, it, you know, we need to remember these things in April and May. That that does not make the entire season. So if they're still starting healthily, then it's great. It's just, you know, let's let's see how it plays out. That's all. Yeah, I, I, you, have I an, still you have an orange in your hand. I have an orange because I can't find my baseball because it's in a bag. So I've been using. So, it but you paint. have an orange. You like? Yeah, I, have an orange. You, <laughs> I have a baseball by my desk, yeah. and you decided, oh no! Instead of finding my baseball, I'm going to put an orange. Yeah, yeah, and I do the grips on my orange. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same size. A good orange, a big California orange. <laughs> This is okay. Just so you guys know, I'm very sad that we look. I'll say this on the corner is not just going to be a podcast forever. We're going to be doing it live at some point this season. Hopefully, it's very soon. We'll have more to talk about later uh, with the Nick and Alex baseball show as well. And it just it upsets me right now that he just tried to throw a screwball um, a with circle it. change. The circle chain. Well, you're doing it like the walk like an Egyptian thing, right? Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I like that. You're, if you're turning this, over completely this... and leading with your index finger down towards your thumb, that's a screw. I'm pronating. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Pronating so, is different. Pronating is the other you know, way. Pronating. You're still showing the ball as you pronate. Hmm. If you show your fingers instead of the ball, then you're screwballing it. See, that's what I think I could was my calling. What? I could orange been, tossing no i could have been a screwballer if if a major league baseball replaced baseball with oranges i could have been a screwballer um, even if you could throw a up, screwball it's not necessarily like the hardest thing ever to hit uh tell brent honeywell in his illustrious career he throws uh, a change up he says it's a screwball it's actually yeah, classified right. as a screwball on baseball somewhere. yeah it's, i think um, it's i think it's more of a change up i watched the debut Degrom. Uh, I will. I still think that the opt out clause that he has this year is really important for that innings total because he can right, he's going to push himself as much as he can and all of that, yeah. which I, I think is really important because I, I genuinely think he's going to opt out. I mean, they already said that the Mets yeah, why wouldn't he? talk about it. Why wouldn't he? he? He wants to wrap it up for the rest of his career. Um, all right, let's move on to some other smaller news. Um, the National signed Aaron Sanchez to a minor league deal. That's only new, newsworthy because no, Sanchez is like the wrong like, Sanchez. What do you mean? Annabelle was the one that was uh, all over. Uh, Aaron Sanchez when he had that little debut. Oh, I know who Aaron Sanchez is. I'm just saying there's been a lot of hype about like Annabelle Sanchez returning and looking great. And and Aaron Sanchez, I mean, we've been chasing Aaron Sanchez for a while. Remember we got traded from the Jays to the Astros had like two starts that were something decent. He boosted his curveball usage. I mean, it was all yeah, but we were like oh my god he's throwing 98 or something i have zero expectations for this it's fun to know um uh i i, I did see this tweet <laughs> i did about our old friend matt strom yeah he still exists and he signs with boston 
Man, I remember writing that article for Fangraphs. Matt Straub, the starter. I think it was like 2018. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, when he threw three innings. And it was glorious innings against the Cardinals. Had like a 91 mile per hour slider that was so filthy to lefties. I think it gets Matt Adams. Man, looks stupid or something. Maybe Matt. No, Matt mm-hmm. Carpenter. And I was like, hey, guys, 2019. Like, let's go Matt Straub. I'm really curious. He's going to be a starter now. It's going to be really, really fun. And then he looked so bad that I got a tweet that I think I like Strom like ranked at like 56 or something. And I got a tweet from somebody that said, how could anyone ever think this guy was good? Mm. And just like started trashing me endlessly because of it. And the thing is, I like I understood <laughs> it was it was that disappointing um, of Matt Beauty of hindsight. Yeah, but no, no, but I'm look. He's oh, what a guy, Matt Strom in Boston could be a really good lefty reliever. Hope it works out super well for him. I, I, I won't forget the love that I had for the man. All right, um, we can get through the rest of the suit. So the Angels going with a six man, not really too much of a surprise. I, I gotta say, I'm really excited to see Lorenzen in the spring. I, I, I know I personally like, I not talked about it at all or really did much in the rankings for it. It's just because we had this idea. He signed. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to start and stuff. It's like, uh-huh. We didn't yeah. see you at all last year when we were kind of excited to see you go. And it's just this outside, like this is going to happen, but how good is it going to be kind of thing? But the angel said, yes, he's part of our definitive five, which is very interesting. And I'm, I'm getting, more intrigued about it i'm gonna have an article out essentially the last round starting pitchers that i'm drafting which is the anticipation of okay do you need a start do you need like one that you're confident in early these are the guys you go for or instead do you want someone to stash and just kind of see what happens the first week then you want to go for these guys lorenzo is going to be part of that because maybe this is really good he throws hard and has had two significant whiff pitches before that's cool. And there's also Reed Detmers. He's part of the other three. Griffin Canning, Reed Detmers, and Jaime Berea. I think it's going to be Berea. But if Detmers looks amazing in camp, I mean, he was their first round pick in 2020. I made a debut last year where there was a start where there was a curveballs for strikes and sliders for whiffs. Like Detmers is good. It's just he was jittery and wasn't quite ready. Yeah, yet. he was 22. Yeah. So I wonder if he like makes a staple, like a statement rather. Uh, that could be very interesting. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's another it's another uh, it's another fun thing to to, to, to track. There's, there's a lot of names, man, in that rotation. And I, I mean, I was just looking at Packy Naughton. Remember, remember when you had to oh, yeah. write about Packy Naughton last year and Jansen Junk? Unbelievable. Yeah, um, he says with citrus blocking his mouth. <laughs> oh, I got to perfect my splitter grip. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> That's the only one you can do. There are no seams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, two two pieces of uh, Astros news. Verlander, uh, I, I, we're not going to say he's not ready, likely not ready for opening day, but maybe could be a little bit of a delay, could have a smaller start to begin with. Um, and then McCullers, certainly not going to be ready for opening yeah, day. Yeah, McCullers is someone I'm pushing down a lot um, just because there's a lot of question right now. And we'll see. We'll see what we get. Could be a bit of a hipster in that way. Um, when he does pitch, though, McCullers will help you. It depends on your IL spot situation, but I'm only taking McCullers at a point where 
I have my solid at least three, if not four starters already. I think taking colors before that at this point is not good. So he's he's getting pushed down my ranks. Um, Verlander, not, you know, yeah, he's a little slower, they were saying. It's the same kind of idea with Wheeler. Yeah. I imagine the first start, instead of going 100 pitches, it's going to be like 70. Yeah. So you'll get like three, four innings of Verlander instead of six or seven. So it might take a start or two before then, but that's it. Um, are are we too quick to write off or forget about Nate Pearson, who is now touching 98 and working on a curveball and changeup? Touching 98 means you're pretty much sitting 95, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not really much different. Um, I mean, I hope that stuff works out for him, but he's not in the rotation. I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason nope. why in 12-teamers we should be considering Nate Pearson. So just another guy to to yeah. So the quote from Jeff Zimmerman's article: Pearson's breaking ball working, his trademark fastball, which is already reaching up to ninety eight mile an hour, looked fine. I feel like I can dig deeper into my arsenal now. Pearson explained last year I really only had my fastball and slider because I was worried about everything else going on. Now I throw a few curveballs. I'm working on my changeup. The heater is right where I wanted his average. His fastball average is ninety eight last year, not ninety five. Um, so. I don't know. Interesting. Good thing to keep track of. Um, we discussed the White Sox having a six-man rotation. Um, this isn't too noteworthy because I think we kind of all saw this coming, but Alex Reyes and Jordan Hicks are not likely going to be candidates for the rotation. Again, more information in Jeff Zimmerman. I mean, hey, article. Dakota Hudson, consider mm-hmm. him in the last round. Toby boy. Um, <laughs> and the last but not least is Ranger Suarez. Um likely to be a little bit delayed what does that do for you with ranger suarez so apparently so he's currently stuck in columbia waiting permission to enter the united states this is from the uh jefferson reminding the news program uh sorry uh article and this is from the athletic um that quote which means he stopped his throwing program while he's waiting uh not fun but i mean honestly if you're getting at ranger suarez most cases it wasn't a burn and churn thing it was more of your believing it for the full year so it just means it's a little bit later. You know, probably one start or so gets skipped for Ranger Swords and that's it. And it's okay. not, I, I don't think it's that major of a, a deal. Like if you were into Suarez before, you should not be now. Okay. I've made my state or my um, stance on Suarez pretty clear that I'm not in. So I'm still not in. <laughs> all right. No, no yeah. And this bad news doesn't make you change your mind. Um, all right. Nick, we did it. We got time. We got time for 81 through 90 now, right? Here we go. Jump on in. It's a mega cast. Uh, oh, my God. Was that Kristen passing out out there? Yeah, um, right. Man, dude, I, you're so do... close. You are so close to being a dad. We're so close to being so close. About two weeks, two to three weeks. Yeah. We'll see. April and 1st. Just so you guys know, OTC will continue. We'll have some guest hosts. Um, yes. I actually should start planning those out exactly now. Well, let me uh, let me take a second for those yeah. still around at the fifty-six minute mark to praise <laughs> you guys are awesome. the very liberal parental leave policies from PitcherList. I am getting three weeks oh, of yeah. parental leave. Yes, uh, paid yes, leave. You are getting paid leave. I'm saying absolutely. Yes, you are. You are getting. I'm getting paid leave. I'm getting three weeks paid leave, which is literally what my job is doing. <laughs> uh, so it, it is amazing. Well, it's funny. Fast. You said how long? I said how long do you need? You said two to three weeks. I was like, all right, three weeks. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it after two weeks. You know, you're like, oh, I wanted a third week, but you didn't give it to me. Like, no, all right. We'll all the people I all the people I've talked to have said too that time just pretty much isn't going to exist in those three weeks anyway. Um yeah. but anyway, <laughs> Nick, we did it. We had our own little mini mining the news podcast. Um, but that is going to do it for episode number three twelve of On the Corner, the official pitcherlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys later this week.